0: We're back episode four
1: now are we on four it is episode oh. four we yeah, are we are, are back for did. yeah dude I
0: didn't expect us to get this far bro
1: <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting with this either I feel like when we recorded that first one it was like a it's like oh this is just a one-off thing and then yeah. now it's become something I guess a little more regular hopefully we can do this like month to month but yeah <laughs> that'd Ooh. be crazy 12 episodes a year that'd be crazy dude that'd be dope. I think that'd be great. Um, but yeah, I mean, today we're, we're back, we're talking about, um, Christian success. And I think that like, maybe just to clarify, like probably not like, like, um, how do we be successful in a worldly sense as Christians? Like, I think maybe like that, that kind of language can get maybe misconstrued. Um, this isn't no prosperity gospel type thing. This is, this is like, how, how do we succeed in the eyes of God, right? Like that yeah. kind of a thing. Sheesh. Taking the little jabs
0: already, huh? Sorry, sorry. That that whole slew. I mean this, this podcast ain't for passion, so it's for talking. It's for talking. Straight um, up, straight so up. Christian success, I you know, both both me and you, Sam, um we are we've been raised or for you more more recently, but we've been raised and we're placed um in a culture, um, a particular niche of Christianity, um, where uh, Christian success um, looks actually what most people would think Christian success is, which is giving your life for God, being a missionary, like kind of like that's the upper echelon of, you know, like you're, you're a high tier Christian at that point, like you, you've yeah. become that missionary who's laid down his life for 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 jesus and um, i think we're in a culture that that paints christian success in that way like lives that are solely surrendered and devoted to god and it looks particularly like this where you are um given to full-time ministry you're given vocational ministry is your thing um so i kind of want to even talk about like is that the definition of Christian success? Is that yeah. is
1: that what it means to be to succeed as a Christian? Is the, yeah. to get there, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I, I think I I feel like, I feel like in our culture, like just like in our local niche culture and american culture as a whole we see kind of the extremes like a lot right you see i know i mentioned in the beginning like like maybe like the more prosperity preacher like whatever like (laughs) like that that kind of stuff where where like they say like okay it's this idea of like you know give your life to god and then you'll just get all these blessings right like yeah yeah, you, you be a faithful man of god right whatever that means like be a faithful man of god and then you will experience great success, comfortable living, great wealth, all of these things, right? And then, like, that's one side of it, and then, yeah, we come from, like, that other side where it looks like, take a vow of poverty, right? (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) I got to have, like, 15 kids because I got to make disciples in my own home. Like, you know, I got (laughs) to, like, this, this, and that, right? Like, there's all these, like, things that, that qualify, like, success from, like, a super, almost, like... Apostolic view of like success, right? Where it's like yeah. you know, looking at like the Paul's and the the Barnabases of the of the of the New Testament and, you know, these these men who were like they even called themselves like the scum of society, right? And, like that's like the the Christian success, right? It's like <laughs> yeah. glory and persecution and suffering and like all of <laughs> yeah. that. And and that's like the other end. And then but I mean I mean, I think this even goes back to like the premise of this podcast and our title, right? It's like there's there's a fine line, um, you know, somewhere in between that, right? Where it's like yeah. maybe 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 success doesn't look like you know just getting crazy amounts of wealth because the Bible does say, right? Like the root of the love of money is the root of all evil, right? It's like easier yeah. for a rich man, uh, I mean, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven, right? Like the Bible says those things, but then on the flip side, like that also doesn't mean money is bad, right? Money is amoral, not immoral. It's not a bad thing to have money or to have possessions or whatever. Like God uses people with possessions, right? Solomon, some, you know, people like that. But on the flip side, right? Like there is something also to be said for letting go of the things of this world and grasping onto the things that are eternal. And I think that's language that we've probably both heard before where um, we do Loosen our grip, like I've even heard that compared to fasting, like that's kind of an analogy for fasting right where it's like you loosen your grip on the things that are seen and tighten your grip on the things that are unseen right and so that's good yeah there's, there's, there's a there's a dichotomy I think between those two things where um, I mean, I would probably say, and I think we could probably both agree that like not every Christian is called to just drop everything, sell everything, give all of their money away, and then go out into rural China to preach the gospel. Like some people maybe, right? Um, But that doesn't seem to be the call of God over every single Christian's life. Um, And so, yeah, I feel like that's something to kind of unpack today is like, what what does it actually mean to be successful as a Christian and successful in the eyes of God, right? And I know we talked, I remember we had this one conversation after we recorded, I wanna say like the second episode over at David's. Um, where we talked about like these, these, like we come from a culture of prayer, right? In the Korean church. And it's like, there were these Korean ajumas right? Like these old ladies who didn't marry, who gave themselves to the place of prayer. And I mean, I, I just remember, I remember this so vividly because it's something that always strikes me as like a reminder of, of what is important in my life. Like I think back to people like that, not to say that they are like, um, They've. I mean, again, the Bible does say like, I mean, righteous, like our righteousness is dirty rags. So it's not like they've done something in and of themselves, but like they've given themselves themselves to the to the place of prayer. And And I think back to one thing that we said where it's like when they go home, they are known in the house of God. Right. Like angels know their name. Right. Like they they are welcomed with 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 rejoicing. Right. And, and I'm sure many of those women heard at the gates of heaven, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. And so I think like, when we look at it from like a worldly perspective, I mean, like they were nobodies. Yeah. Right. They had, no, they, they were, nobody knows their name. Um, mm-hmm. they'd never had some great fame or acclaim or anything like that, or great wealth. Um, They did something that seems um, rather insignificant from the eyes of man. Um, They prayed, but I think we all know that some of the greatest missions movements and maybe even some of the churches today that have been so instrumental in the move of God in America um, or wherever um, have been birthed on the backs of their prayers. and. I don't know. I think that's a kind of worldview changing perspective to see that kind of a thing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What, what, what do you think defines Christian success?
0: No, no I uh, I mean, I was just just contemplating as you were speaking and um, like rarely will we bring up like uh, even in the church, rarely will we bring up just A faithful woman of prayer who's just been praying her whole life, been faithful to the Lord, like not married. And and we'll host her up on a pedestal and be like, like, here is a picture of Christian success. Mm. No, no, what we what we want is is the anointed speaker. (laughs) Um, We we want the guy that has thousands uh, under his ministry. We want the guy moving in acts and power and, and all of that. And we host this. And I, I do think that is a picture of Christian success. Like I, I think there are multiple pictures of Christian success. Um, but we, we choose the guy that has more of an external gifting or the, the woman with an external gifting and be like, here, th- this is the kind of person that you want to be. Like, Mm. look at this person, look at him. And I kind of see that also as a danger where the people of Israel were asking for a king and God was like, no, like, this is not a good idea. Mm. But in the end, he gives them a king. And it was like, you know, God, it was God who established this king. So he's got to be godly. And then there became this whole mentality where it's this one person and this is what it looks like. Mm. And I think like um, nothing against You know, Philip Mantova is coming to our church this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, And like, uh, he is a great, humble man of God. I think when I just eat with him, you just feel the humility off him. Um, And and we take him and his anointing, and we're like, "Here, let's learn from this guy. Let's receive his anointing." Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think there's a good thing to that, but if I could also, there's also a danger in that as well, where it's like. Christian success is you looking like this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Our church doesn't do that uh, cautiously or intentionally. I don't think any church does that. Um, but if I'm really thinking about like Philomento, for the reason he has that anointing is because he was merely faithful in his life. And that was just God's lot for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think rather than, promoting a message of anointing or complete abandonment which is which is good too but it becomes kind of an extremist message at the same time too Mm. like let us uh, abandon our lives to god in a manner where it looks like this i think the abandonment of our lives to god is is consistent with scripture where it says uh You know, to die is to gain. I want to be more like Christ. You know, even John says there needs to be less of me and more of Christ. Mm. And I think um, that is a message. But I think Christian success, the message of it is actually faithfulness, Mm. is be faithful in what God has given you. And if God does something with that, that's his control. That's his will. The gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. They are you know, God has a specific purpose for you in his master plan. But for mm-hmm. me, I'm thinking, yeah, like, what if we as a church um, emphasize faithfulness mm-hmm. as uh, being successful as a Christian? I mean, that's just my take on it. That's what I'm thinking about, like, yeah,
1: uh, just being faithful. Yeah, and I think, too, like, this reminds me that, that gifting is not... Is is not necessarily correlated with faithfulness, right? Like anointing or gifting, or or even like the outward success of somebody um, doesn't actually it, it it doesn't necessarily reflect um, um, the state of 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 their heart, of their spiritual life, of their walk with God, right? I think back to I I, I read about this recently because. Um, the Jesus movement was kind of a big thing up here in Berkeley and it was started by like hippies right and like
0: yeah, one yeah. of the
1: foremost people I think there's like kind of like a Netflix documentary or something like that coming out um, or is is out about him but there's a there's a man by the name of Lonnie Frisbee I don't know if you've ever heard of him um, he was kind of like one of the big voices in the Jesus movement um, yeah. and he he was like I mean, some crazy stuff went down. I mean, there was a reason that kind of revival um, broke out around these like places was because, I mean, he, through his ministry, I mean, there was great moves of God. I mean, uh, there were testimonies and stories recounted of where they would bring like a blind man to his like church service. And he would say, you can see in the name of Jesus. And he could see, and there were like crazy supernatural moves of God, like um, that, that brought about revival. Um, but part of the reason that there is like, I, I guess a documentary and stuff coming out on him is because he was a little bit of a complicated man, like behind the scenes of all of that great ministerial activity. He was a closeted homosexual that would party on Saturday, preach on Sunday, and he died of AIDS. And I mean, that's a complicated story. And I think yeah. when you would, if you were to look at this man's life, it doesn't seem like there was maybe much faithfulness, right? Um, there was great gifting, there was great, um, there was even, I mean, God even used him to, to use, a, I mean, like, cause a great move of God, right? I mean, he was a, he was a vector yeah. for revival. But on the flip side, if you looked at his life, I mean, I, I don't know, I feel like, I, I don't know where he is now, right? I mean, was he repentant in his sin? I don't, I don't know. Um, But when I hear that kind of a story, I think back to what Jesus says in, in the gospel of Matthew, which is, which is like chilling words at times where it's like, there will be many, not a few, but many who say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and do many miracles in your name? And he will say to them, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. And so it makes me think like it's, 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 it's a chill. I mean, it's, it's kind of scary in one sense, right? Like, um, faithfulness is not some small thing, right? I mean, like oftentimes like the church and our relationship to God is often compared to like a marriage, right? In the same way that you would want to be faithful to your wife. Um, God wants faithfulness. I mean, again, there's grace, obviously. Right. I mean, like where would we be without that? But on the flip side, it does kind of make me think that like success, it, it, it isn't necessarily reflected by your, the success of your ministry <laughs> or your, your gifting or even like supernatural moves of God. It's, it's reflected by faithfulness. And it, and it reminds me, I, I think, I, I mean, I've read it in the Proverbs, but I think it's just sort of like a general principle that like like Jesus knows, I mean I mean, if you're someone who stands before the eyes of people and lives before the eyes of people, that's one thing. But if you live before the eyes of God, you're known by God right I mean the, 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 I mean that is that is the life of a Christian is to live before the eyes of God, not before the eyes of man, right because Jesus does say like the world hated me, and therefore it will hate you right and like a teacher a, a, a student is not greater than his teacher, a slave is not greater than his master, and so it makes me think like there is such a tendency, and it, I agree right like just because there is outward success, it doesn't mean we like look at that person and go like, "Oh no, that's fake," <laughs> or something like that, right? Like God absolutely does raise people up, um, and there are outward measures of success. Look at Billy Graham. Look at you know uh, other great men of God in our time. But at the same time, like that isn't the measure of 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 a man. That isn't the measure of a man, right? Um, I think a man is measured by his position before God. And so I think it's easy. It's a, it's a real temptation to think that we need to do X, Y, Z, and that will make us successful in the eyes of God. But I remember we talked about this and I think it really strikes me as something very significant because CS Lewis often compares like Christianity and calls it like the upside down kingdom. Right. And I think about sometimes like, if God called me, I mean, we, we talked about this before, like if God called me to be a janitor, (laughs) and to clean toilets for the rest of my life. Um, I would say doing that with joy and faithfulness is far greater in the eyes of God than a man who preached and preached and preached and brought about revival, but was not faithful in the eyes of God.
0: Yeah. So that's, it's... I I was literally thinking that as you were speaking that the kingdom of heaven is so upside down, but it's even so upside down for believers because there. I think there are general beliefs that as a believer you know are going to contrast the values of the world like, okay, we shouldn't have multiple wives, we shouldn't be sleeping (laughs) around, we shouldn't be gambling, we shouldn't be smoking, and these are like external like basic values, okay, this is obviously going to be upside down, but yeah. what I feel like Jesus is really trying to get is this value system that we have as human beings that mm-hmm. actually need to be flipped upside down. So it's almost like the kingdom mm-hmm. of heaven is upside down. And then once you get in it, it is upside down even more. And it continues to flip on you. The moment that you have it, it flips the other way. And you're just like, what in the world is the kingdom of heaven? And I think that's so true. Cause I'm, I'm thinking about, um, like there is this like you achieving your calling you know Mm. which I think I think is part of being a believer God gives us uh, intimacy and purpose the two things that a human being needs is to know that he's loved and also why he's on the planet like these are two things that we need to have to have a fulfilling human life here on Mm. earth it's just the way God designed us um, but I realized like there could be this obsession about fulfilling your calling. Mm. Uh, and everything is for that. Like I gotta fulfill God's calling in my life. Like it it it, it almost seems like it's selfish in nature. Mm. Like, like let me let me let me close the door real quick, because, yeah, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Yeah, my my roommates here, but um, like I'm thinking of, um, uh, this is so off the script, but I'm yeah. thinking of like even the the uh, the way that Christian marriage is kind of depicted in a sense. Yeah, um, yeah, is like you you and this your spouse, like especially as a guy, your spouse is gonna help you fulfill your calling in life like she yeah. is going to be your help as a guy and she is she's going to help you fulfill your God-given calling in life mm-hmm. and like you need to find the right partner to like for your calling or for what God has called you to do
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like it's so selfish in nature like it sounds so good but it, everything is catered towards your calling like Mm. oh like this person is here in my life so that i would fulfill my god-given calling Mm. and this is just to talk about how upside down things could be but even as christians how we could paint things to be upside down but they're not actually upside down they're just just exactly the same thing as the world just with christian verbiage posted on it Mm. and like i think like that's Like it's the same thing like that has to do with Christian success like you need to have Mm. a spouse that's gonna that's just right for you to fulfill this Christian calling that God has given you to feel some sense of yes like God I'm with you and it (laughs) just kind of be like like are we is this a Christian pyramid scheme here like what are we doing Mm. out here like we're we're racing to the top in just a different kind of way yeah Um, and just reflecting even on Paul's call in Ephesians to for husbands to love their wives as Christ did like like is that not our calling then as husbands like is she really there to help you fulfill your calling because that's kind of that goes against what scripture says like
1: Mm -hmm. Jesus
0: didn't die for the church so that the church could fulfill its calling it's like Jesus could have just snapped and saved everybody he didn't need the church to do anything, but it was out of like pure love that he mm-hmm. wanted them so bad. So I don't know, like, i am just, I'm, I went off script for a little bit, but that's just, no, what I, no. about,
1: dude. I, I think that's great because I, I think one of the things that I've been meditating on and learning about, like very tangibly lately is, is we see this theme in scripture where, where, I mean, God says in the new Testament to Paul, right? Like my power is made perfect in weakness. Right, and I I think Christians like like that that's such a that's such a Instagram you know <laughs> yeah. Instagram bio yeah. kind of verse or whatever. But I think that really says something about what God actually is asking from us. And I think mm-hmm. that's such an interesting thing about calling because I think there are so many. I mean, I, I understand it too because purpose is so integral to life, right? Like if yeah. you're living a life without purpose, it's a life without direction. It's a life without meaning. It's very aimless and it's very miserable. Yeah. But what I find interesting is that calling. I mean, like we are given a calling. I mean, in some sense, it is like an, a, a need, right? Like it, to fulfill a need. Um, but I think what's what's so interesting is that when it comes to actually fulfilling that calling, I would say, and it seems to me like very little of that actually has to do with our own work.
0: oof right. Right. Go very, there. very yeah. little of it actually yeah. has to
1: do with our own work. And m- most of it, if not all of it, has to do with our faithfulness to the Lord, and so I, I find it as a very interesting picture, right? Because like you get a calling, right? Like think about someone who gets like a ministry calling or something, right, like that. And like the immediate thought is like, okay, I need to do X, Y, Z. Um, I need to go to this seminary. I need to uh, like read this many books. I need to become knowledgeable. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to, here's my to do list. I've just expanded it, you know, three times to- by 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 three times, and uh, all these things that I need to do, but. I think what, what, what is, is kind of strange. And again, maybe this is why this is the upside down kingdom is like, when you, when you receive a calling, it's, it's almost like your to-do list shouldn't really change all that much. Right. (laughs) You you get what I mean? Like, like if, if you're, if you're called to like, let's say be a missionary in, in rural China or like the North Korean Chinese border. Right. And like, um, you know, do, do all of that. Um, and I, I think like maybe I'm speaking from personal experience because I feel like there is maybe somewhat of a calling on my life to missions and, and to do those kinds of things. But I think what's interesting is that like, I don't think that really changes the present time in the way that I live all that much. Like there are some things, right? Like I should be, if if, if for example, I have a burden for a particular country, maybe I should learn a new language or something like that. Right? I mean, there, there are practical things that, that come into play, but in the way that you live your life, you're still your, your goal every day is still just to meet God and to still be faithful to him and to obey his commandments by grace. Right. And, and, and to, to lead a, lead a life that is pleasing to him. Right. Like my, my, my chief aim is to please God and delight in him. Right. Like, yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't really change all that much in, in the, in the moment. Right. And I think that's, what's interesting too, because you mentioned like Philip Mantofa and all of these things where these are men who have been elevated. But that didn't, that, that didn't happen because God picked some guy who was great at, at planning and was super disciplined and like knew exactly how to piece together all the logistics of how to thrust himself into that. No, 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 it's, it's you till the field and you plow it and you water it and you tend to it and you chip away at it season after season after season and you're faithful with the little tiny box garden raised bed that you have given in your life and then God grows whatever he planted in there and he facilitates all of the growth. And I think that's what's so interesting is that like, I- I'm reminded even like, I-, I think it struck me as very like moving when, when Kim Guangxin passed away, not that long ago, right? And yeah. one of the things that I heard recounted that he said is many people asked him like how did you do all these things for God? And his response was not I planned or I had vision or I had great drive or something like that. It was I put my head down and I took a step when I was told to do so. And I think it's it's such a it's such an interesting picture because there's so many times where we I mean this is like anxiety, right? It's like Oh, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? But what you need to do is 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 be faithful with the lot that you're given, and to 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 take a step when you're told to take a step, right? Because if we're really like sheep and we really can't see all that well, then we go where the shepherd tells us to go, and that's by his word. And so I, I don't know. I think I think it's 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 been kind of a upside down thing for me even, because I'm the type of person that loves to plan ahead. (laughs) That loves to look five, ten years into the future and say, I'm gonna be here and there and go do this and do that. But the one thing that I've been realizing more and more now is that like, I actually can't see that far. (laughs) Like my my vision is so limited. I'm essentially blind. And I can maybe see like a few steps in front of me and I'll just take a step when, when, when I'm led to do so. And so I think like, It's it's such an interesting thing. I think it's it's really where God gets every ounce of the glory. Right. Like he's he's for his glory. He's for the the glorification of his holy name. Right. I'm reminded even when he says in the Old Testament to Israel, like like I have chosen you like I've chosen to redeem you. I have chosen to, it's Ezekiel 36, right? Where he says like, I will take away your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And it's not because you're so deserving or you did the right things. It's because you literally blasphemed my name among the world and I'm here <laughs> yeah. for the glory of my name, right? And he does these things for his glory. And so he gets every ounce of it. And so if you want to be used by God, it's it's just, you just take a step. And you just walk and you just take a step and it's not grand vision. It's not planning. It's not this or that. It's just obedience in that time and place. And then he takes those people and elevates them to the positions that he desired because they know God and they're faithful and he can trust them and, and these things. And, and yeah, I just think like, I don't know. I feel like my world has been getting rocked by coming to understand just a piece of that and like, I feel dude, like that dude, is such so, so integral to Christian success.
0: Dude, that's I mean that's just ministering to my soul, man, cuz I've just been confused on what God has been doing in my life, but and, and there is a sense of anxiety when you like, okay, I have to fulfill this calling of mine. I have to make sure I'm doing a great job, like like yeah. I, I gotta be better. Just be better. Like, come on, Tony. Just <laughs> yeah. be better. Like, like, come on. Yeah. Don't you want to see God's calling and blessing? And you're like, be better. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. It's such a frustrating place to be. It's, it's. It, there's you, you can't. No matter what, there's gonna be anxiety. performed some to some kind of the performance. There's always gonna be an anxiety attached to a performance mentality. Yeah. And um, when we talk about Christian success, it's like. Christian success is like, there is no Christian success in the, in the way that you're thinking about it. There is actually yeah. no Christian success. Christian success is that it's actually God who gets all the success. He does everything. You, There is no Christian success. It's purely, you're just with God the whole time. Just be with Him. Just be with Him. He'll take care of everything. There is actually no Christian success. It's just God's success in your life. Mm-hmm. And like I think about that, and I think about how dangerous we've also... Kind of made things to be because I remember I was even in a in a Talbot class, um, shout out Talbot Great Seminary, love you guys. Um, but they were mentioning how if you feel like you're called to be a church planter, uh, here there's an assessment that we can take of you, uh, and then we'll assess whether you're fit to be a church planter or not. If you have the giftings of a church planter, and I was like, mm, like I was like oh, I understand, like okay. And now that we're having this conversation, that memory kind of flashed back in my mind. what if somebody has a calling to be a church planner but he doesn't have the external giftings mm. um, of it? Do, do we just write him out because of your assessment of whether he has kingdom success or not yeah. is like yeah and I, I think we've it's such a dangerous way to like take business practices and then put it into kingdom values like it's just like, that's like a weird thing to do is like take the way the world does thing and you know what let's now apply it to god's kingdom like it's Mm. like whoa yeah. let is let's let's hold the brakes here but i think that is one of the temptations that the western church has fallen into is taking business mindset framework and trying to fit god into that framework
1: Mm. i think that's so interesting too because i know we talked about success being measured by results and that exact mentality is driven by a result oriented vision right where people are looking like the end goal becomes this result right i i it reminds me we were staying at a a house in colorado um that was that was um owned by a, a korean missions organization i don't know if you've heard of um billion soul harvest Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. So we were staying in their house and I I saw on the walls, they had like billion soul harvest stuff, whatever. And so, I mean, not to say that they're bad or something like that, but I think it's just interesting that like it, it can be, there is such a temptation to make things like results oriented. How big is my church? Right. How many people have I reached, right? How many followers do I have on social media, right? And we, we measure all of these things by outward metrics, right? Where I'm, I'm just reminded that, that God is not a respecter of men, right? Sheesh, He's not a Come respecter on, of men. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, you may have those things, but it doesn't really say much about anything. Like, okay, you have a million followers on Instagram, what does that actually mean? Maybe you're just likable to people and you say things that make them feel good about themselves, right, like there's a lot of people who have that, right? Just because you have followers on Instagram, like doesn't really mean, doesn't really mean much, right? And I, I think to say what you said about gifting too, like that's another thing that we use, it's like an outward, but I, I think back to, um, I watched John Piper's Preaching class. I thought I, I just wanted to kind of see what his perspective on preaching was. And the first thing that he actually talked about was when he was a child, he was absolutely terrified of speaking in front of people. So much so to the point where his mom had to literally take him to a psychiatrist because he couldn't, like, deliver like a book report in front of his elementary school class. Like it was so, it was a fear that gripped him so much. He just could not, he would stutter and stumble over his words. And he was just unable to put himself before other people. And then he's John Piper. Right. And like, I mean, this guy speaks to conferences wow. of thousands of people. Um, and God took someone who was over. the least of right, like, over. Yeah. It's like, imagine if you were one of his classmates at the time, you would have looked at this kid and been like, how pathetic, like you can't even give a book report in front of a class. Like, what are you doing? And this guy went on to become like, I would say one of the most respected pastors of our, of our day and age. I mean, like, I mean, I think it just goes to show that, I mean, your, your God's choice has so very little to do with your ability It has so very little to do with, with your. uh, Not to say that it's again. Not that we disregard gifts or anything like that. I mean, obviously, gifting is something that the Lord does use, but it is not the measure of like success.
0: That is so good, man. That's. I I mean, how? Who would ever thought? If you look at John Piper as as a child, you know, like, and we're like, yeah, he's not gonna make it. You know, that's that's not the anointed one let's look for the geniuses that are going to produce the results and i I think that's so what god does like where he looks um and he picks david out of all of his brothers um and it's just like like and we know that story as christians we know that story as christians but the internal value of that story is yet to be marinated in our hearts Mm. you know we are still externally looking And then when we hear like oh god doesn't god doesn't look at uh, as men as other men do we're like oh yeah god that's so good but we're just like but i'm not gonna think like that (laughs)
1: yeah
0: yeah it gets i I think it's such a that that that's just ministering to my soul right now just the Mm. way that like what God's after is we need to actually change the way that we live our lives that we think about the world that we make mm-hmm. conscious decisions, and I see that's why so many Christians go through such a difficult pruning season all throughout their lives is because that's been hardwired in us for us yeah. to view life in this way, view people in this way. How many times have we seen somebody that isn't praying, not raising their hands? We're like, Yeah, that guy doesn't love God, mm-hmm. or or we see somebody who doesn't look like they belong in the church or they're going to be anointed, but next thing you know, God raises them up to be the next leader in your high school ministry. I mean, even for you, Sam, like, you know, if if we look at your high school or early high school years, your freshman, sophomore, junior year, um, would I be able to say, man, this this guy, he's, he's going to be a God-loving theologian, he's gonna be a pastor that's gonna impact a lot of people. No way. You would have we would have been like, nah, he's you know, you know, you know, he's gonna be like a party boy in college, gets to Ivy League college, and you know, kinda of has a prep life, a little cocky around campus, kind of treats other people with a with a slight stain, like slight disdain and like, but like seeing you now, like, yeah, I mean I'm just
1: I'm just going off and I'm just saying, bro, like I don't even understand how the kingdom works. Dude, yeah. I think it's so interesting. I mean, you mentioned my testimony too. Like, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I think I was known among like all of my peers as someone who said super offensive, just like ridiculous things who made really dumb life choices who I mean I, I got a lot of people to dislike me like among my peers and I was totally fine with that like I I lived my life as one who absolutely like I had very little regard for anybody other than myself um, and and yeah I mean like I, I thought of myself as some some very intelligent person I, I yeah. I had a huge ego. I was in I was a jerk to most people when I, whenever I felt like it, honestly. And like, yeah, I agree. I mean, I remember in elementary school, like, I don't know why this memory came to mind, but like, I, there was this one girl who was like very Christian, like her parents were very Christian and like, you know, all of that stuff. And like, she would, she would scream if she heard a cuss word. And so I would cuss around her all the time. I'll cuss up a storm just to like, just to irritate her. And like, I mean, that was the kind of person that I was. And <laughs> That's, you're horrible, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that, I, was a, that, I was a pretty terrible person. Yeah, yeah I, I really yeah. was. Yeah. And like God took that. I mean, just like absolutely foolish. Like, I, I don't know what other use, term to use. I like just foolish, um, rebellious prideful, arrogant, whatever. And, and, I mean, I mean, he brought me very low and I think used that to, yeah, flip my perspective, which was absolutely hardwired to look, uh, to think in those ways before too. And I think it just reminds me too. I mean, like throughout the, the biblical narrative, God always chooses the least likely. I mean, David, as an example, he always chooses the runt of the litter, as I've heard it put, right? Like he chooses Jacob, not Esau. Right, the, the younger brother. He chooses Joseph, right? Out of out of all of his brothers, like the youngest, right? He he always makes a point of 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 choosing the least so that he gets the most glory. I think I think that's like that's like the perspective shift, right? It's like everyone yeah. is fixated on like how do I look good, how do I do this, how do I create an image for myself, right? But god's not looking for people who want to exalt themselves right like god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble he's looking for those who want to glorify his name and make his name known and or or maybe not even have that kind of grand vision but just the humble right like those who are not necessarily seeking the glory of themselves and, and and uses those people i mean moses right um the most humble of all men right like who am i and then he obviously went on to be Moses, right? One of the greatest prophets of, of human history. And, and I think we forget that a lot, that God chooses the least likely he chooses the humble. He chooses the contrite. He chooses the broken. And those who are continually broken and continually humble, right? Like when Saul is chosen and he's exalted and then he becomes prideful. I mean, he's brought down and, I think, I think there's a reason why, like I, I've, I've been reading the Proverbs a lot. I try to read like, like, you know, the proverb of that day, you know, according to the day of the month yeah. and like the one thing I just see time and time and time and time again, it's just like repeated so much. And I, I highlight my Bible so that I can see certain themes. And so like, if there's a lot of one color, then I can see like something mm-hmm. has been repeated. And so in the Proverbs, I see a lot of purple. And I've used that to highlight verses that correspond or, or talk about like, a trust in you, in the lord or a fear of the lord and like that sort of a thing and and the one thing that i see like just like repeated again and again and again and again like throughout that is is like when you fear god like a fear of the lord like a healthy one right again this isn't some but that is the beginning of all knowledge that's the beginning of all wisdom that's a fountain of life it's called so many things And I think we like to mysticize that, but then I think that actually gives us a picture of what Christian success looks like. It's like I revere and and I live for my God. Like I do not look to myself. I do not look to my own glory. I do not look to, you know, do things for my own sake, but I fear God and I know who he is and in that. I'm, I realize that my success, my standing in life, it doesn't rest on my actions. I think of Matthew five or Matthew six, sorry, right? Like, like seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added to you. Like all of it stems from a right view of God, right? Like if we see who God is and what he's wanting to do in our lives and in the world and all of these things, I think it radically shapes the way that we view success, because no longer is it about, I just need to achieve all these things because there are pitfalls to that. There's, there's lots of things that, that God never asked us to do, but it leads us to lead a life that is like given unto him. Right. And, and where we're seeking his glory and for that he uses us, right. And all of these things. And then yeah, but it starts from starts from a place of humility. It starts from a place of, my life is not my own. I was bought with a price. Here you go, Lord. Like here is my life and I will do what you tell me. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess I, I can throw in this little anecdote. Um, I heard, uh, I, I've never met the guy, but I always hear about him among circles in, in sort of the content prayer ministry and that sort of a thing. Um, There's this one guy that they know who is from India. His name is Yule. And I've heard a lot of stories about this guy and I kind of want to meet him. But um, this guy is supposedly pretty prophetic. You know, I mean, all of that stuff aside, right? Like he loves God and spends many, many, many hours a week with God. And he, for his Sabbath day, supposedly he spends 12 hours, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m in the prayer room and, and like, you know, all of these things. And like, he was used to lead great revivals and stuff like that in India, um, like stadium gatherings and that sort of thing. And his, he, I, I've always heard that he says like his greatest desire is just to spend time with Jesus. And like, I don't know, like, I mean, this, I would think is an example of a man who has given his life to God. And what he always says is, I am a slave of God. He always uh, apparently that's like one of his favorite things to say, he's just, I'm a slave of Christ. If he tells me to do something, I do it. Right. And I don't, I don't ask questions. I, I just do it. And I, I don't know. I, th- I think, I think it flips upside down the idea that we like to hold on to that we know what is best for ourselves. We know what is best for our lives. We know the best thing to do to be successful or to do all of these things. When in reality, we don't. Yeah. Yeah, Dude. so I don't know. Just-
0: Sam, I am I mean, I'm extremely blessed. Just, I, I'm actually wanting to just go pray right now and just sit before the Lord and see God like, may I not give in to the desires of my life, Hmm. Um, but even those that are quote-unquote spiritual, quote-unquote looks like Christ God, may I be given over to your desires. Like, I I want that. And I remember my seminary professor even saying, the transformation um, that is needed in a Christian is a transformation of desire. Hmm. That that needs to be happening is there needs to be a change in the desire of the heart. And that yeah. is true Christian discipleship. Yeah. Um changing the desires of the heart. Um and that is just so beyond us. That's something we can't do. But you know, as we come to the end, bro, um just because I gotta go. Yeah, yeah no worries, no um, worries.
1: Yeah. Um, dude. So what is Christian success, Sam? Um, I'll just I think I think maybe like a brief summary um from my very limited life experience of what I feel like I have learned and seen is Christian success is faithfulness unto the Lord. I think um, faithfulness to his word and what he says and what he tells us to do, I think that's all he really asks. And I think of the parable of the faithful servant, right? He was the servant that waited eagerly for the master to return. Um, And even the parable of the 10 talents, right? It's like they were faithful with what they were given. And The result is Jesus saying, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. And I think that is what it means to be successful as a Christian is to hear. I think about that. I feel like that's something that I want to pray for even more in my own life is that my desire, my greatest desire would be to hear that at the end of my life. Well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master, like that's all I could ask for or want. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What do you think?
0: No, I think so. I mean, you took the answer right out of my mouth, but just for the sake of being able to say something different for just people out there. Yeah. I think Christian success is when you are able to be given over to the desires of God mm. rather than your own. Yeah. Sometimes, and his desires aren't like, go do something for me. It's just just be with me. Mm. even if that rubs your Christian ambition, your go get that lost soul mentality like even though it may rub it the wrong way, just be with me mm. even I think that's what Christian success is is being open, being given over to the desires of God
1: mm. Amen yeah, yeah. one thing is needed. I remember that from Luke. One thing is needed, right? And Mary has chosen the better portion. So,
0: Eesh. yeah. She didn't even do anything. And then God is like, you're going to be in the Bible.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and you'll be proclaimed whenever the gospel is preached. I don't know. That's crazy. That's that's crazy.
0: She didn't even do. All she did
1: was sit there. And she broke the alabaster jar.
0: I mean, that was and, a big one. Yeah, but that was that yeah. was prior and then yeah i mean just but the the moment that was um the moment that was just so sweet is that you get i mean we gotta stop here but that contrast between mary and martha and and yeah just tells martha man mary has chosen the greater portion
1: yeah is one thing i don't need you to do anything yeah that's crazy Come on. Well, yeah, as we as we wrap up, thank you guys for listening um, and joining us on this this conversation. I think it's always a blessing to 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 call and to have these kinds of chats. Um, Hopefully you guys got blessed. Uh, Maybe we can put out an episode next month. We'll see. Um, But yeah, see you guys next time.